Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you'll be uplifted, empowered and revived by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ram Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now let's get into this week's message. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed that little celebration and I'm just going to continue in that vein of celebrating this time of year where we really focus in on the beauty, the gift of Christ coming to earth and the hope of his second coming, that he's coming again. And this morning I want to share just a couple, um, I want to talk to you about when Christ came, light dawned. And I want to go uh, with you, if you've got your word with you, the Bible, I want you to turn to Isaiah 9, verse 1 through 6. If you're visiting or you're watching online and you're new to church and you're new to the Bible and you're new to all of this, I just want to commend you for your bravery. And I want to just tell you that I can encourage you by all, many of us in this room, that if you seek the Lord and you keep seeking him, you will find him. He reveals himself to the people who are looking for him. And this morning, those of you who've walked with Jesus for decades, I believe that this morning God can speak to you to encourage your heart. Oh, and isn't that just glorious that we'll never exhaust the depths of what we can know about God? You know, I mean, even no matter how long you've been serving with God, there's like, there's more for you to know about him. And you could find out, you could find out by the Holy Spirit, you could find out things about him that can be relevant to your life today. You can find and receive something from Jesus this morning. Fresh bread from heaven today. You don't have to live off of yesterday's bread. There's fresh word. There's fresh bread from heaven. So let's look at a very familiar Christmas passage, Isaiah chapter 9. You know, one of my favorite bits about Christmas, um, other than the big epic reason of celebrating the birth of Christ, is I do love the Christmas decorations. And my favorite of all the Christmas decorations are the Christmas lights, right? So we we are of those who continue to put out our stuff earlier and earlier and earlier. And I'm not ashamed to admit it because honestly, the darkness here, it starts, it just, when the darkness of winter starts coming, I just feel the need for the twinkly lights to go up quickly. And I thoroughly enjoy, it's like the um, cherry on top to have Christmas lights when it's so dark, so early. Um, Just to gaze at those lights, it it comforts my soul. So I love the Christmas lights. But there's actually a bit of biblical, prophetic meaning to all the Christmas lights. Okay? That wasn't just good marketing from all the stores that we buy those lights from. There's actually the symbolism behind those lights. And even how dark it is in winter, the coming of Christ and the, the meaning of Christmas is also this beautiful meaning of Christ the light has come to our dark world. So that is good news. And I've just been, as we were even worshiping, I was just trying to take in that good news. And I encourage you this morning. I know some of you have heard the Christmas message. You could say it backwards and forwards. You've been in church your whole life. But I just want to encourage you, press in and take it in. That good news, the good news of what it means that Christ came and that he's coming. So I'm going to start um, in Isaiah chapter 9. I'm reading in the NIV, 
and I'm starting in, I'm actually going to start in uh, verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. If you go back to chapter 8, it's very gloomy. That chapter is a lot about the consequences of man, humanity, separating themselves from God, worshiping other idols. And so chapter 8 is like, whoa, it's a bit intense. And so we come in chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, and in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with the justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isn't that a glorious passage? Now I want you to turn in your Bible to Luke 1. There's one other prophecy that I want to read before we dig in to the meaning of Christmas and what this means that a light has dawned. This is John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was a priest, and he finds out about the coming of his son after he and his wife have been barren, and he's filled with the Spirit, and he begins this prophetic utterance. And towards the end of that prophecy about John the Baptist, he goes into prophesying about Jesus, the Messiah. So the first bit, uh, starting in chapter 1, verse 76, he's talking about John the Baptist here. He says, and you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And now he switches to talking about the Messiah, Jesus. He says, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. That little, those last two verses are one of my most favorite prophecies about Jesus. It says that because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and guide our feet into the path of peace. So all of these prophecies, you know, are, are building up to the coming of Christ the birth of Jesus the Messiah through this virgin named Mary. And that's why we're here celebrating, right? Is where the Christmas season is about leaning in and acknowledging and rejoicing in the hope that he came and he's coming. 
And we need this hope because, you know, we need light in our life, this light that's dawned, this light that prophesied, because we know that the world is really a dark place. Just like in Jesus' time. In Jesus' time, there was misuse of power. There was oppression. Herod was killing all the babies under two years old. Refugees were fleeing from their life. There was suffering. There was gloom. Very much like our world is today. It doesn't take a whole lot of even preaching or talking for us all to realize that there is a lot of suffering and darkness, right? And here we are, how many, how long, however long you believe we've even been on this planet Earth, and we've still got this problem of suffering and gloom. We've still, we're still battling this darkness. Jesus came and the light dawned. This light is now seen. This light is now accessible that pushes back the darkness. And in the Bible, darkness refers to not just evil, but also ignorance. It's this combination, this darkness, this spiritual darkness is our evil and our, our ignorance, our unknowing. We don't know God. We're destroyed for our lack of knowledge. It says in Isaiah, I believe it's uh, in Isaiah 60, where it says that we look for light, we grope around, we look for light, but we only have darkness. We find darkness. Sometimes when we're out, you know, ministering and walking throughout Manchester, you can just, you walk the streets and you see the vast many people who don't know God. You see the suffering. You see all the injustice of homelessness. You see suffering in our own lives. And yet we have this promise, Christ came, and now there's this light that dawns. There's this way to come into the light, and light is necessary. And even what I love what, um, I love what Isaiah 9 says about how, um, let me find that verse here real quick, where it says it, it was a sun was given to us, a light shone upon us. Because isn't it our tendency for humanity? We think, even in the world, they say, well, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the meaning of Christmas? You know, you ask people in the world, what's the meaning of Christmas? And they're like, well, humanity, we can pull together, and in our unity, we're going to make the world a great place. We're going to fix all of these wrongs. If we all, if we can just get all of the human race to just rally together, and just, if we can, we put, humans, they put their faith in humanity. They think that their own humanity has the solution to bring the light. But that's not, that's not what the, the message of Christmas is. The message of Christmas is not let's rally together and let's be the best version of human we can be and all this suffering is going to go away. The message of Christmas, the message of the gospel is the darkness is not just around us, the darkness is in us. And we need a savior to dawn upon us, to break into the darkness in our own life and to bring salvation to us. The world says humanity can save itself, but we as Christians, we're, we're heralding this other message. We're heralding the hope of Christ. Now, I don't care how well behaved you are. I don't care how intellectual you are. I don't care about the problems you solve. There is something that you need that comes from above. Jesus. We need this hope in Christ. This sunrise of Jesus dawning upon us. And we don't just need it so that we can come out of the darkness. We need this gospel message deep in our bones, getting through our own lives, because the people around us, they're counting on us to break the power of that ignorance 
and that darkness in them by being a living testimony that Jesus is real. We have now, many of you, you've been believers. You've walked in the light. You've been transferred, as it says in Colossians. He's brought you out of the kingdom of darkness, out of that evil, that ignorance. Now you have this hope in you of his second coming of all things being made new in Christ. He's transferred you out of that darkness into the kingdom of his son. And now the challenge for you is to live in fellowship in that and declare his praises among the nations who's brought you out of darkness into his glorious light. To live a life out loud. To not live this quiet, stifled version of Christianity. But to let Christ out. The world around us. Why is it so dark? Jesus, when he came, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever, and then I'll throw out uh, the book of 1 John. He says, whoever has the son has life. You've got this life in you. I want to encourage you, Ramp Church. I want you to find a way to let his light out through you. We need this Savior who comes to break in into our world of darkness. And when we receive Christ, his light, his spirit comes to dwell in us. And his presence in us, the presence of Holy Spirit, is the game changer. It brings transformation from the inside out. In chapter 8 of Isaiah, going back just a bit, where it's talking about the darkness that the nations are in. In Isaiah uh, verse 8, I mean chapter 8 verse 22, it describes all this distress that the nations of the world are in. And then it, it summarizes at the very end, it says, they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Again, this is the, there's nothing new under the sun, right? You have distress, you have suffering, and you have humans looking to the earth to solve the problem. Looking to the earth. And we look to humanity often to fix the suffering when we have We have to hold on to that Christmas message, that message of his coming, that he is the light of the world. He's breaking in in the darkness through our yielded obedience. Our yielded obedience, the light of Christ, breaks into other people's worlds. Christ coming means light is dawning. Christ in us means light is here. Christ coming Second coming, Christ's second coming, means where there is darkness, there will no longer be darkness, but there will be the light of his presence. How do we receive? What is even this, this meaning of light? You know, I love even the metaphor of, of what even light means here on planet earth. When you, have, when you think of the sun, you think how nothing can, the earth can't exist without the sun. If there was no sun, we would all freeze, we would die. And even how that pictures that your very life is tied to the existence of God. You don't exist apart from him. He created you. I love what it says, you know, in Acts 17 verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. Your very existence, you're on borrowed time here. You came from him. You're living for him. You're meant to go back to him. So the sun brings life. Jesus said, 
And this is, uh, and I'm first, in 1 John 5, the Apostle John says, this is the testimony that we have. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. You think, well, is it that black and white? Is it that? Either or? Take it up with John. He wrote it's in the Bible. (laughs) Whoever has the Son has real life. Jesus said, I've come that they may have abundant life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He came to break the power of death, to break the curse of sin, so we can enter into this divine life and fellowship with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. This is good news. So the Son brings life, and Jesus brings life to humanity. The Son shows us truth. It's the great revealer. Yeah, if you're going to do anything, anywhere, first you've got to have light, right? You're driving, you can't see, it's going to end bad. In life, we need light so we can do and be who God made us to be. The Son reveals, God reveals, He's the source of all truth. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Just to think. If you have Jesus, the Holy, in, a, in John 14, I think it is, he says, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. In a world flooded with information, more information than we could ever sort through or even understand how to take in, We have the truth within us. We have the answers here within the Holy Spirit, within the written word of God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. So the Lord reveals, even his, in Psalm 119, he says, his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Some of you in this room today, you need a word. You need to hear what God is saying. You've got life decisions, relational decisions. And before God gives you a prophetic word, he wants you to just look in this book and start valuing what's in this book and start leaning into what's written here. And once you start leaning in and valuing this written word of God, you'll be able to find God speaking in other places as well. I want to encourage you, Ramp Church, dig in to the truth, to this gift of God that we have, what he has revealed to us in the life of Jesus in his word. Let his word be that lamp to your feet. You don't have to figure the way out on your own. He's going to lead you into all truth. And the sun, I love, I love, personally, I just think the sun is beautiful. I mean, come on now. We live in a pretty gloomy country. I hate to be the one to break that just into the conversation. But how many of you, I mean, even in wintertime, right? Everybody gets depressed. Everybody's like slow motion, like life goes in slow motion. And everybody, you just, you, you feel even, um, you, people struggle more with depression. But when the sun is out, it's beautiful. It releases joy. Jesus is the son of God and he's not just the bringer of truth and he's not just the source of all life. He is our delight. His beauty is the source of every joy. Oh, anything that you enjoy, even when you don't know God, the things that you enjoy, they bear his signature. You may not know God, but you love it because his mark is all over it. The creator's mark is on that thing you love. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So how can this light be ours? Maybe you're in here and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Then you need 
to today, if you hear his voice, if you hear him calling you, today can be that day of salvation where Jesus breaks into the landscape of your, of your life and he begins to transform it with the light of his presence. You'll still, you'll still suffer here on earth even when you walk with Jesus, but you have that light inside of you, that hope of glory. That light then becomes on the inside. And it sustains you in the dark season. So you have to receive him by faith. This son is given to us. He's not earned. He's not like Santa with that naughty and nice list. He's responding to our faith and our hunger. Do you want fellowship with Jesus? Do you want his lordship? He will take you. The question is, do you want him? And if you want him, then you receive him by faith. You receive the gift of his son. And then you follow him. You give up your way and you live your entire life seeking Jesus and following him. John 8 verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isaiah 49, verse 9, I will say to the prisoners, God is saying, I will, I will say to the prisoners, come out in freedom. And to those in darkness, come into the light. They will be my sheep grazing in my green pastures and on hills that were previously bare. How amazing that we have a God who says that to us, who invites us, who says, come out in freedom, come into the light. That's what God is saying over you, you with your baggage, you with your sin, you with your shame, you with all of us. He's saying, come out in freedom, come into the light, receive him, follow him, trust in him, trust your life to him, that what surrendering your surrendering to his lordship means that you trust that God knows more than you do. You trust that he's a better boss of your life than you are. You trust that his words will lead you to life. Trust in him. Isaiah 50 verse 10. If you're walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. So maybe you're in here and you've never made that decision. You've never transferred trust. You've never decided, you know what, I'm going to give up my own way. I want to surrender. I want to follow Jesus. I want to receive the gift of Jesus. I want to receive the gift of his salvation, his forgiveness. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful time to do that. You're never going to have all your answers, all the answers to all your questions. Coming to Jesus doesn't mean you've got it all figured out and you know a hundred, you, you know, you know, you know, you know everything, every question, you've got it all figured out and now you're ready because you know. It means you know a little bit and there's a lot you don't know, but you know enough. You know enough to take that step of trust. You know enough then to take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. Today is a day of salvation for some of you. Coming out of darkness into his glorious light. Believers in the room, I want to encourage you. This Christmas season, 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen people. A chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Out of your life this Christmas, I want you to remember who you are and live a life worthy of that calling. Remember you're the royal priesthood when you sit down to watch TV all day. Remember you've been chosen by God when you're feeling insecure around family. Remember who you are and declare his praises. As simple as that is. Just celebrate that he chose you. Revel in it. Breathe it in. Take it in. That truth alone can dispel many dark clouds. He chose you. He loves you. He's anointed you. You belong to him. So let his praise out of your mouth. Get intentional with it. Don't leave it up to feeling. Make sure that you look at your life and let the praise of God. Praise it until you feel it. Praise him for what he has done in coming. And then do good. Light within us means it overflows into these good deeds, Jesus says. In Matthew 5, 14, verse 6, or in Matthew 5, verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. All of you Christians in the room, what if that was your theme verse for this holiday season? Let your light shine. Well, what does that mean? That doesn't just mean like you're like perky. It means you're doing good for others. You're looking for opportunities to bless others, to do good for the people in your household. I mean, sometimes we can so overcomplicate, overcomplicate, overthink. What does it mean to shine? It means do good. Just do good. Do the dishes, change the diaper, clean the, take out the bins, whatever. Do good. Walk the streets of Piccadilly, hand out cash. Just do some good. Let that light in you get out of you. This is your mission right now. Let your good deeds shine before men so they glorify your Father in heaven. And we're not defined. We are not defined by what we do. We're defined by what he did. And our response to that is this overflow, doing good. Isaiah 58 verse 10. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out of the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. When you do good, it's like you flip the light switch on. You're already wired for light. You've got the electrical wiring of the Holy Spirit. You've got it in you. And when you step out in faith and do something on behalf of what Christ has compelled you to do, it's like the light goes on in the city. That's what I love about showing up with the outreach team just in city center and in dark place is first we're just going to show up. We're just going to have faith that when we show up, light shows up. Light belongs in the darkness. And then we're going to do good. We're going to exercise that. And when we step out in faith and we do good, it's like lights start to turn on in other people's, other people's lives. They start thinking about hope when they've never thought about hope. They're thinking about eternity and they never thought about eternity. And that doesn't just happen because we sit around and do nothing. That happens because we become the hands and feet of Christ. And one of the best ways to dispel your own depression and to dispel your own gloom is for you to do good for others. I love just even the chronology of that verse in Isaiah 58. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble, then your light will come on. We think we've got to have the light come on, we've got to feel all lit up before we do anything. 
That's why you sit around all day is in your darkness. <laughs> it's step out and be the light, be the hands and feet. I love what um, John G. Lake says. He says, Christ is in you. He's in you. Let him out. Let the Holy Spirit out. Let him out. He's like a pent-up power in you. Let him out. Speak out. Reach out. Look out. Look beyond your feeling. And respond to the goodness of God based on what you know. Love your brother. And just a couple more passages. Believers, this is what it means for you. To live in the light, to let the light of Christ dawn on you. It means let his praises out. It means do good. It means love your brother. First John, I want us to turn to First John 2. This is the last point. First John 2, verse 7. And I want to read this one especially because I know you guys are probably going to be around people. A lot of people, maybe for the holidays, families, maybe people you don't even like, maybe people you don't get along with. And I want to just remind you what it means to carry the name of Christ, to bear his name. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you never have a negative feeling. But it means you've surrendered yourself to that love of God. When anger or unforgiveness or jealousy or envy rise up, you take it captive to Christ. You remember the mercy that he extended to you, and you act out of that revelation. In 1 John Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. Actually, I'm going to just start in uh, verse 9 for time's sake. 1 John 2, verse 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. And there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. You know, sometimes we hit seasons of real intense brain fog. And it's like we can't, we can't perceive what God's doing. We can't hear what he's saying. We're really struggling to discern him. And there's often various reasons for that. One possible reason, though, is because we have unforgiveness in our heart towards a brother. We have hatred or strong jealousy, envy, dislike towards a brother. And that creates walking in darkness. And you don't need deliverance for that. You need forgiveness for that. You need to forgive and you need to choose love. And you're going to be filled with lots of decisions. All sorts of things are going to be going on in your internal world, I'm sure, throughout this holiday season. And when you have those, that war within, as Paul says, just choose love. Don't choose control. You can't control people. You can only control yourself. You can't make people think a certain way. You can't make them fall in love with Jesus. You can't make them be sanctified. But you choose love. You, you know what love looks like? Sometimes love looks like letting go of control. And just letting Holy Spirit be Holy Spirit in that person's life. And sometimes it looks like holding your tongue. Sometimes it looks like doing the dishes. Sometimes it looks like having a good attitude when you want to sass off. Sometimes, what does love? It looks like those little things. A thousand little choices. Choose love. And every choice to love is a step towards God. Is a step closer to God. Your life over the next few weeks could be probably look very typical from the outside. 
You may look like regular old people just doing regular old business, but on the inside, I want you engaged in your spirit, praising God, looking for opportunities to release his life, choosing love, choosing humility, releasing the offense, letting go of the anger, letting go of the bitterness, releasing the questions, and loving your brother. I'd like the band to come on up.